Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Mondays. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, we have got a lot to dive into. The NFL Divisional Round Playoff Games, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. What did we learn? Uh, The new coaches in the NFL, Deshaun Watson. But we begin with the mess in Knoxville. We could have said that a lot over the last decade or so. Phil Fulmer was fired. I wrote the book about his final season. In came Lane Kiffin for one year. Then he left for USC. Then Derek Dooley was in for three years. Butch Jones was in for four years. Now Jeremy Pruitt has been in for three years. And Tennessee just officially announced in the last half hour that they have fired Jeremy Pruitt for cause along with nine additional coaches in the uh, football program. What does that mean? For cause means that Tennessee does not have to pay Jeremy Pruitt or any of those coaches anything. They are not firing him for losing a lot of football games. They are firing him for violating NCAA rules, failing to have an atmosphere of compliance, and also, according to the Chancellor, potentially covering up or attempting to cover up their transgressions in the midst of an internal investigation. Uh, The University of Tennessee just said a half hour ago they were notified on November 13th of many different proposed improprieties under NCAA rules. They began an official investigation with outside counsel on November 19th and they are announcing today after reviewing the findings of that internal investigation in consultation with the NCAA that Jeremy Pruitt is being fired and that they will owe him no more money and that those nine additional coaches and employees are also being fired and they will be owed nothing as well. That's actually, I think, good news. Now, I know people out there are going to be running around like, ha, 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 this this is incredible news. Because ever since Tennessee got destroyed by Kentucky, I have basically had in my mind the idea that Jeremy Pruitt is not the answer. I've been writing it. Tennessee was going to be on the hook for over $12 million to pay him off. They were potentially going to have to bring him back for next season when things were also unlikely to go well. Instead, they basically have uncovered wrongdoing internally at the program. They will sweep all of that out. They will save tens of millions of dollars. They are going to hire a new athletic director and they're going to go hire a new football coach. I don't see any of this as bad. I really don't. And uh, the reason why I say that is Pruitt wasn't the guy. As soon as you know that you have hired the wrong guy you go ahead and rip the band-aid off and you go get somebody else. And some people are going to be like oh look at Greg. Greg Schiano was not going to be the right guy for Tennessee either. You can both believe that Greg Schiano was the wrong hire and also simultaneously believe that the hire that Tennessee made Jeremy Pruitt was not a good hire. So the question is 
Can they make a competent hire now? Every program, football and basketball, is a function of how good the hire is. If you hire the right head coach, you win. If you hire the wrong head coach, you lose. And I think you can go back through Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt and say, by and large, Tennessee has hired a lot of coaches that were the wrong hire. Now, Lane Kiffin only stayed for a year. Who knows what might have happened if he had stayed longer. Butch Jones, I think, is a quintessential mid-major coach. I like Derek Dooley. I think he walked into a mess. I think he made one of the most disastrous uh, coordinator hires of all time in Sal Sanceri. And I think, frankly, Jeremy Pruitt was in over his head for much of the time that he was at Tennessee. Uh, When you're firing coaches in the middle of games, when you are getting blown out as often as Tennessee was, to Jeremy Pruitt's credit, I think Tennessee is in better shape now than it was three years ago when he took over. And I think there's actually a lot of decent young talent on this team that needs to be coached up in a decent fashion. But Tennessee's got three straight, I think, top 15 caliber coaching uh, recruiting classes. And uh, I think, look, this is a 6-6 six and six caliber team coming back next year. And the question is, will they make the right hire? And I think there are a lot of coaches that are looking at Tennessee and are very interested in this job. The university should be in decent shape because they're not having to pay a lot of money out in buyouts. They finished buying out Butch Jones. So the finances are in a decent spot. It's all about whether or not the right coach can be hired. And I said earlier, I would step in and I would hire the coach. I believe, this is probably not going to shock any of you, I believe if I was on the hiring committee at Tennessee, I would make the right hire. Other than trying to get into the pants selling business, pretty much everything I touch works. Uh, Radio, TV, writing, business, sports media in general. I know how to run a business and I know how to pick people who can win and I think I'd do an incredible job on that hiring search. Now, there are complications with this hiring search as you wait to see what fallout there is, if any, from uh, the overall investigation on top of the nine people being fired plus Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, But I think there are a bunch of names out there that you have to look at. Again, I understand NCAA issues. I understand people who are like, hey, we can't touch him. If you hired Hugh Freeze, he would win 10 games within three years. I would risk a million of my dollars. I would go on the table right now and I would put a million dollars on the table for the University of Tennessee. If Hugh Freeze is hired and he doesn't win 10 games within three years, I would donate a million dollars to the University of Tennessee's Scholarship Foundation. 100%. I would. I would put that money on the table. That's how confident I am. Uh, And uh, if Hugh Freeze does win uh, 10 games, then they can let my kids go to the University of Tennessee for free if this were a wager uh, for as long as they want, right? I got three kids. They got grandkids coming, everything else. We got covered tuition forever if Hugh Freeze wins 10 games within three years. I don't know if Tennessee will touch him because of prior NCAA issues, but he is the most certain winner that Tennessee could go and hire, in my opinion. I also think Jamie Chadwell would be an interesting coach that is worth looking at. Jeff Fisher has already said he would take the job, which is intriguing. Kevin Steele is going to be the active interim coach, former University of Tennessee grad that thought he was going to get the Auburn job. Gus Malzahn is out there. Tom Herman is out there. Luke Fickle... There are a lot of guys, if you start running through the list, Doug Marone, uh, that I believe would crawl on their hands and knees to Knoxville to get this job right now. Uh, And uh, I think it's going to be highly sought after. But 
It all comes down to the coaching hire. People love to jump on programs and be like, oh, they'll never win again. Oh, it's all about the head coach, okay? Tennessee has got the right head coach in basketball with Rick Barnes. Texas fired him. Tennessee brought him in. Right now, Tennessee has the six most likely odds to win the national championship this morning when I was looking because Rick Barnes was the right coach at Tennessee for basketball. Before that, Tennessee won at a high level with Bruce Pearl because Bruce Pearl was the right hire for Tennessee basketball. Uh, I have lived through a lot of bad hires for Tennessee basketball. Tennessee basketball was always a good job. They made the wrong hire a lot. Tennessee football is still a very good job. They've made the wrong hire a lot. So, will they finally get it right after swinging and missing with Lane Kiffin, Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and Jeremy Pruitt? We'll see. We'll see whether or not the right hire can be made. The challenge for Tennessee is not only do you have to make the right hire now in football, you also have to make a decent hire in terms of finding an athletic director. Uh, There are a lot of guys that I think could do a good job as the athletic director at Tennessee but that's going to be the hire that's going to get made first so we're probably looking at a month probably to be fair of uncertainty here before we get an athletic director hire and then before we get a head coaching hire. So in the meantime Kevin Steele is going to be the acting head coach and amazingly Kevin Steele has now been the acting head coach for two different SEC programs in the space of the same month having been at Auburn and also at Tennessee. Now let me say this also. Um, there, uh, there also is a uh, sort of ridiculous underlying story, uh, story here which is I believe that Pittman has been at Arkansas for Sam Pittman for a year or less. He's already outlasted seven different SEC football coaches. This is a tough job to get. In the SEC, the standard is higher I think even than in the NFL in terms of what fan bases expect. And as a result, you've got a lot of guys getting fired in rapid and short order fashion. And so Tennessee's got to make the right hire. I imagine there will be some existing coaches who are successful that will inquire as well. What you have to be careful of there, you don't want to get Mike Gundy. Remember Mike Gundy, when you get picked up by the head coach at the airport to conduct an interview, it's a pretty good sign that they're using you to try to get additional leverage in their own contact situation. So whoever you hire as the athletic director at Tennessee needs to be aware of the danger of the Tennessee job which can pay a lot of money being used as a, uh, as an, as a weapon to try to advance contractual talks elsewhere. But what I got to say from a straightforward get up here is I don't think this is bad news at all. I understand there's a lot of doom and gloomers out there but Pruitt wasn't the guy. And I was afraid that Tennessee was going to have to pay 12 or $15 million to Jeremy Pruitt to force him out. Instead, they managed to catch him in inappropriate behavior, violations of NCAA rules and they are now sending him off into the future without having to worry at all about any of the money that they would have otherwise owed him. And to me, that is a situation that is not awful in any respect at all. Uh, All right, so that's my take on the Tennessee job. I'll be keeping you updated. I'm going to be plugged in. My phone is going to be blowing up over the next month for all the different talks and all the different rumors and all the different discussions. I will share as much of that as I can without violating confidences based on what I am being told. But just know that I believe Tennessee could win and they could win in a hurry 
if they hire the right coach because I think there's pretty good talent on this football program. All right. We got a lot of different NFL divisional round games that happened on Saturday and Sunday. The Chiefs outlasted the Browns and now Patrick Mahomes' concussion issue is the number one story as we get ready for the AFC and the NFC Championship games. I expect that Mahomes will find a way to be able to play based on the reports that have come out so far but he is in the concussion protocol and we will have to wait and see exactly what happens with him going forward. I will say this. The NFL deserves a tremendous amount of credit because amazingly even with COVID going on the NFL is playing its playoffs with fans present and they're still on their regular schedule. They have two games left here then they have two weeks until they play the Super Bowl and there are only four teams remaining out of the 32 in the NFL and I believe one of the great all-time storylines is the ability to complete an entire season even amidst all of this chaos much to be proud of there for the NFL. So we hope I think everybody out there with the exception of Bills fans hopes that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to play uh, since he is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Tom Brady gets past Drew Brees incredible moment between the two of them if you haven't seen the video Brady and Brees both out on the field after the game not wearing their uniforms having showered having been dressed and uh, Brees is out there with his wife and his four children three sons and one daughter Brady and Brees are talking and then Brady throws a touchdown pass nice catch in the back right corner of the end zone for one of uh, Drew Brees' sons and uh, it's one of the great moments to see two first ballot Hall of Famers in what is likely to be the final game of Drew Brees' career interacting like that. Let me just say this. I think you can make a strong argument that Drew Brees matters more for the city of New Orleans than any player has mattered to a city in the last 30 or 40 years of NFL action because if Drew Brees doesn't stand up for New Orleans in the wake of Hurricane Katrina I'm not sure the Saints are even still located in the city of New Orleans. Uh, I think Drew Brees deserves a tremendous amount of credit for what he did for that city and for that franchise and winning their first Super Bowl. I thought the Honey Badger Tyron Matthew uh, said it well. I'm going to pull up the tweet that he sent. Uh, You will remember Tyron Matthew who obviously played for LSU was a, uh, was a uh, New Orleans native. He's from the Crescent City down there and he said this which I thought was fantastically well said uh, and let me read that for you here. He tweeted out being from New Orleans this is the Honey Badger Tyron Matthew uh, Drew Brees meant everything to us in that city. At many times our only hope you know to smile and feel good to live in a winning reality the man gave us all life None of us are perfect but he was close. Salute double exclamation points hashtag nine forever and he tagged Drew Brees. I thought that was a fantastic summation from the Honey Badger about his overall career. I will say this. Tom Brady is two years older than Drew Brees and if you watch that game Brady looks like he's going to play for another five years. I don't know exactly what the TB12 method is but I'm starting to think I should sign up because the guy looks like he's going to play screw 45. Tom Brady right now looks like he's going to play until he's 50 years old. 
what an incredible accomplishment for Brady to get to his 14th different conference title game. And I pulled this stat because I saw it and I was like, my goodness, this is unbelievable. Conference championship game starts. Tom Brady will make his 14th in Green Bay next Sunday. This Sunday. Joe Montana had seven, as good as he was. John Elway had six. Terry Bradshaw, six. Roger Staubach, six. As good as Montana and Elway are and were, Tom Brady has more conference championship game starts than Montana and Elway do combined. And I know the big topic of discussion and debate was Brady versus Belichick. Who is the guy that matters the most for the overall franchise? And I thought the answer might well be Belichick. But Belichick now has a losing record as a head football coach without Tom Brady as his quarterback. And to me, Brady has won the divorce in spades in a massive magnitude with his ability to go to Tampa Bay the first year with a team that had not won I don't believe they've been to the playoffs in 12 years no culture of winning weak overall leadership and go from a losing record to the NFC Championship in the first year even in a COVID year when he didn't get to work a lot in the offseason this epitomizes Brady's greatness on an even higher level than we had already discussed before it's pretty absolutely unbelievable speaking of greatness Aaron Rodgers crushes the Rams doubled up their total yardage. The Packers were the most dominant team in the NFC Divisional Round Playoffs. 484 yards to 244 yards. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers crushed the Rams. Uh, And ultimately, Lamar Jackson. For all of the hype on Lamar Jackson, through three years now in the playoffs, the only game he's won is against the Titans last week. And they won that because of the Ravens' defense not because of Lamar Jackson's incredible play. The Ravens went on the road only scored three points. Lamar Jackson threw a 101-yard interception return that looked, if you're a Tennessee fan, very Jarek Garantano-esque. And one thing I wonder is how was Lamar Jackson not able to stop that return? How did he not make that tackle? That feels like a big failure of Lamar Jackson going forward a lot of questions out there that are going to have to be answered now. Why is Lamar Jackson's regular season dominance not translating to the postseason? Why is he now 1-3 in the postseason and many of those performances the offense not showing up and whatever he does in the regular season not working it's not as if the Bills came out with Josh Allen and dominated offensively they only scored one touchdown. They missed two field goals. The Bills did. So everybody out there talking about the Ravens missing two field goals. Those are a wash. The the, the Ravens only scored three points. And that is a big storyline here going forward. I think you can make the argument that right now Lamar Jackson is the NFL's version of Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Guys who can post great numbers in the regular season but as soon as they get to the postseason their particular traits their their talents don't translate to the same way. So I think this is intriguing. This is now three years for the Ravens with failures for Lamar Jackson. He has not advanced past the divisional round of the playoffs. In fact, he's lost all three of his divisional round playoff games so far has only won one wild card win. 
that, my friends, is going to be worth paying attention to going forward. A uh, couple of other different takeaways here. So, by the way, we got the the the, uh, the Packers hosting the the Bucks. Going to be an amazing NFC Championship game in theory. And then we've got the Bills on the road against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And the question is, will Patrick Mahomes be playing? Those are my divisional round playoff takes. Uh, Deshaun Watson is evidently demanding a trade. Tough time to be a Houston area sports fan. James Harden demands a trade. And now Deshaun Watson demands a trade. At least the Astros have never cheated and you can always rely. I'm kidding. Even the Astros. uh, uh, At least none of the Astros have demanded trades on the same level. So, Deshaun Watson. And there's this idea out there in the media that the Texans' job is an awful one and that the franchise is an unmitigated disaster and everybody fails. And you go look at the data and it's just not true. In the last decade the Texans have six playoff appearances and they have four playoff wins. That's not great and certainly Bill O'Brien's trades of late have not been good. I told you I didn't like the Hopkins trade. I didn't like the Laramie Tunsil trade. I don't like if I'm a Texans fan giving up the overall number three pick to the Miami Dolphins. But when you look at the larger decade worth of performance from the Texans that's not bad at all. Six playoff appearances in the last decade is far better than your average NFL franchise. Four playoff wins is far better than your average playoff franch- uh, average NFL franchise. I would understand Deshaun Watson's complaints if he were say Matthew Stafford and he were playing with the Detroit Lions who have won one playoff game since 1957 and that was all the way back in 1992. But I mean look the Bills are in the AFC Championship game right now but they had a quarter century of not winning playoff games prior to this year. So this idea that the Texans have somehow been a franchise steeped in futility is just not in any way reflected in the true data when you dive into them. Now, maybe they're not going to be good going forward but the Texans are actually in a pretty good position here with Deshaun Watson. They don't have to trade him. And I'll be stunned beyond belief if a player of Deshaun Watson's abilities at quarterback ever sits out a full season so I don't buy the fact that he's willing to sit out. Now, if somebody is giving you a great trade value and you want to go ahead and move on from Deshaun Watson because you've given him $100 million and you internally are convinced that he's not the guy that's going to lead you to the Super Bowl well, that's different but I would only trade him for a substantial value going forward. A couple of other things uh, to discuss here. Did you see the story out of the speaking of Detroit did you see the story out of the Detroit Free Press? Dan Campbell is a former Texas A&M football player and back in 1998 at their rally before they were about to play the University of Texas he said he was proud to go to a school where boys like girls and girls like boys or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. That was over 20 years ago. The Detroit Free Press decides to write an article one of their writers does saying does Dan Campbell deserve the Detroit Lions head coaching job based on what he said when he was a college student over 20 years ago. You probably know where this is headed. The writer whose last name was Marlowe with an E turns out has way more racist and way more homophobic commentary in his Twitter feed than Dan Campbell was alleged to have done over 22 years ago. So the writer of this piece attempting to cancel Dan Campbell for statements made in 1998 when he was a college student at Texas A&M 
it turns out ends up with more significant and more offensive comments that he has made in his Twitter feed of more recent vintage both racist and homophobic in nature. Go figure. It's amazing how often the people who want to do the canceling actually have worse things in their background than the people that they are trying to cancel. Uh, Speaking of idiotic decisions the Nashville School District my hometown I went to Nashville Public Schools K-12 through has been closed for most kids since March. The reason is because the school board has said it's not safe to be able for kids to be in school. None of the science supports this. None of the data supports this. I'm fortunate to live in a school district now where my own kids elementary school age kids are able to go to school. My oldest son just started private school this year but I was a public school student K-12. through My kids here are in public and private school in person. We're fortunate. But lots of kids who would have been me when I was growing up going to Nashville City Public Schools K-12 through would not have been able to go to school based on COVID and the data supports that the kids who are going to struggle the most are the ones without parents at home without Wi-Fi without laptops without reliable ways to get in front of the computer and learn and I feel bad for all those kids in public Nashville schools because I have been one of them before and because the data doesn't support in any way that they should still be shut down. The head of the Nashville School Board has been arguing since March of last year that it's not safe for kids to be back in school and go stop me if you haven't heard this before may not be safe to be in school she's arguing but she took her own vacation in the Caribbean. She also hosted her own election night viewing party so the head of Metro Nashville School Board is not able to argue that kids can be in school but she's able to take a trip to the Caribbean and she's able to host her own election night party publicly in a restaurant. The hypocrisy here from so many of our school leaders, union leaders, teachers, principals has been just devastating to the kids that they supposedly are claiming to care about. The science is clear. All kids need to be back in person for school now. Finally, uh, talking about just a sham. Sarah Fuller, Vanderbilt continues to cash in on her fame fame as a great kicker. She now is participating in the inauguration on Wednesday to send a message about everything that women can do even though she is the worst kicker to ever appear in a Power 5 conference game by a substantial margin and even though she did nothing that anybody should be proud of it was a stunt it was a sham Vanderbilt University was looking for something to draw attention to other than their worst record in the history of SEC football and as a result Sarah Fuller we live in an artificial fake world and this is the latest version of that. It's one thing if she had bombed a kick into the back of the end zone it's another thing if she had bombed a kick through from 40 yards out but this was a stunt it was an embarrassment to Vanderbilt and I say that as someone who is a Vanderbilt University double grad double grad school grad my wife is a grad my sister is a grad my brother-in-law is a grad my family is filled with Vanderbilt University graduates I love the university I've been a professor in that university this was a shameful stunt 
that had nothing to do with the most qualified people being able to be on the field. It was a distraction. It was a sham. It was a mockery. And to continue to pretend that this was in any way an achievement is just further evidence of the artificial media narrative constructed worldview that we all live in. It is fake. I love all of you. Want to tell you a couple of different things. Go get signed up right now. You notice me sitting in this chair? xchair.com slash clay. It is the most comfortable chair out there. I love it. It can get you heat. It can uh, treat your lumbar well. It's the most efficient way for you if you work from home. If you work as many hours as I do you know that the chair you sit in goes a long way towards impacting the way you feel at the end of the day. This chair is phenomenal. You can get hooked up with your own version that will help your lower back that will help you be more efficient particularly if you are working from home long hours every day like I am. Go to xchair.com slash clay that's xchair.com slash clay. Also as we finish off today gambling about to be legal in the states of Michigan and Virginia. If you are watching or listening to me in the states of Michigan or Virginia you need to go get signed up right now. You can get up to a $1,000 free wager on your first bet. Everybody in every state can but Michigan and Virginia about to be live. FanDuel.com slash Clay That's FanDuel.com slash Clay This is OutKick the show. d unless you need to s